What an incredible promise this morning that we stand on the rock of ages, an immovable, unshakable foundation that we can rest our lives upon. And this morning, uh, we're going to continue in this series on purpose. So welcome this morning. Uh, my name is Tyler, one of the pastors. For those of you joining on our live stream, so great uh, to have you with us as well. Uh, last week, we launched into this two-part series looking at this idea of purpose and, and what our purpose is and where does it need to come from and, and how can we discover it. And this week, we're going to look at it in a little bit of a different light and look at kind of how do we develop that purpose and how do we live it out? I told the story last week, if you were here, if you weren't, you'll hear it now, that when I turned 40 last year, our staff team uh, threw me a funeral. Like I said, uh, full everything. I mean, wheelchair. I mean, I didn't think they were going to wheel a corpse around. It was weird. Uh, but like, you know, egg salad sandwiches, date squares, which are my favorite. Just saying that. Anyways, um, everything short of a eulogy. And it was this interesting moment, and maybe you've had a moment in your life where you've had a milestone birthday or, or some sort of milestone moment where it did begin to stir within you something. This kind of uneasiness or, or, or questions or just a moment in your life where what was in the past is now very different than what you see in the future. And for me, that was turning 40. And it was this sort of midlife crisis that began to have me asking some pretty important questions. And I think that's a good thing for all of us, wherever we are at in life, when we hit those moments, to begin to pause, to reflect, to ask important questions, and to begin to discern, what is it that God has for me in this phase, in this stage of life? And last week, we looked at a few key stories from the scriptures. We looked at two specific individuals, because I love that as we read the scriptures, we recognize that these are ordinary people. They were not perfect. They had struggles. They had challenges. They had doubts, just like you and I do. We looked at Peter, the disciple, who, in as much as he had this fervent love for the Lord, he denied him three times. And yet, as the Lord continued to work in and through him, he became one of the premier spokespersons of the gospel, as we read in the book of Acts. We looked at the person of Moses, this incredible man who, as we look at his life, we see God doing so many great things in and through him. To the point where many of us would say that, yeah, one of the kind of pinnacle moments as we see God live out his purpose in Moses' life was this saving of Israel from the grip of Pharaoh. But then we read this verse. We went to Exodus 9, and we read this, that the Lord says, he says, But I have raised you up for this very purpose, that I might show you my power and that my name might be proclaimed in all the earth. And what God was asking of Moses was not just to lead Israel out of the grip of Pharaoh and into the promised land, but even more so than that, to make his name great, to proclaim of his fame and his renown, his glory and his splendor. And what an incredible testimony of what God is seeking from Moses and what God is seeking from us. But I believe that that verse is for us as much as it is for him that our calling, our purpose, what God is looking from us today is to make him great, to make known his goodness, his fame, his glory, and his renown in the everyday stuff of life. And that's where we land this morning. How do we live out this purpose that God has for us? So would you join me in prayer? Lord, as we sung just moments ago, we need you. I need you right now. 
that these would be your words, not mine. That you would speak, Holy Spirit, that you would meet us where we are at this morning. That you would enlighten, illuminate, Spirit, that you would flow in your power through this place. That we would go from here a people who make your good news great. That we would proclaim of your fame and your glory and your splendor in the everyday stuff of life, wherever it is, Lord, that you have placed us, as we will look at in these minutes ahead. We need you, Lord. We don't just sing those words. We believe those words. And we pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay, church, I love foyer conversations. Like, I love that as we do life here, as we look at God's word, and as we have this time that is so special and unique here, it spills out into the foyer. And I love that ministry doesn't end as we end our service, but life and ministry continues to happen out there in the foyer. And so last week, I had an incredible conversation in the foyer, and, and, and it continued to kind of take what we were talking about here, and it kind of began to get towards the practical. And this is exactly where I was going this morning, so I loved it. And the comment was, and maybe by show of hands here this morning, we were talking about the Westminster Shorter Catechism. How many have even heard of that by show of hands this morning? I'm really curious. Okay, six. Awesome. That's fine. But the Westminster Shorter Catechism is, is something that was an intention of teaching spiritual truths in the churches of England and Scotland and surrounding areas way back when it was first penned in 1646. So it's been around a little while. So if you haven't heard of it, now you have. Welcome to the club. So the intent of the Westminster Shorter Catechism was, again, to teach spiritual truths. It really was a fundamental discipleship curriculum. And it's incredible. And it's still used in many churches today. And the conversation centered around the very first question and answer. Because it's written kind of in this Q&A style through a number of different questions. And the first question, if you know it, is this. What is the chief end of man? What is the, the purpose of humanity? And the answer to that is man's chief end is to glorify God and to enjoy him forever. So our purpose through this catechism, this discipleship tool, is telling us that one of our, the highest purpose of humanity is to glorify God and to enjoy him forever. I love that idea of enjoying God, enjoying his goodness, his blessings, his provision, his hope, his mercy, his grace, these character traits of our Lord that he is that and he provides that and he provides that lavishly as the scriptures describe. And it helps us to recognize as we dive into this text, our purpose, that our purpose is developed in our context. If you've got your bullets and notes with you this morning, there's a few notes that'll help you if you want to kind of engage with this. But our purpose, I believe, is developed in our context. So there's this saying out there in culture. You might have heard of this one. It goes a little something like this. Bloom where you're planted. Okay. It's cute. It's, its design is kind of to help you kind of feel that there is capacity for goodness wherever you are. Is it biblical? Eh, maybe not. Uh, but there's some intentionality behind it that I want to kind of look at and wrestle with this morning. And we'll dive into the scriptures to help us with that. But it originated way back in 1567 to 1622, somewhere in there, by the Bishop of Geneva, St. Francis de Sales. So it's been around a little while, even if it's just maybe made a resurgence in our culture. 
he said this. He said, truly, charity has no limit. For the love of God has been poured out into our hearts by his spirit, dwelling in each one of us, calling us to a life of devotion and inviting us to bloom in the garden where he, God, has planted and directing us to radiate the beauty and spread the fragrance of his presence. So what Saul I think, is helping us to recognize here is this idea of, of flourishing. This idea that what God desires for us, wherever we are at, in whatever circumstance we find ourselves in, is this idea of flourishing. And we do this, as he says, as we see through the scriptures, by the power of the Holy Spirit who indwells each one of us as followers of Christ. And so looking at that concept, I want us to turn this morning to the book of Jeremiah. We read in the book of Jeremiah of the Israelites being exiled in Babylon. We're going to find ourselves for a few moments this morning in Jeremiah 29, but in Jeremiah 29 verses 4 to 7. This situation where in exile they are not in a pleasant place. They are exiled from their homes. They're in a culture and context that is hostile towards them. But God tells them in this moment, if we were to use that kind of cultural saying to bloom where they are planted. But let's read from the scriptures this morning. This is what the Lord Almighty, the God of Israel, says to all those I carried into exile from Jerusalem to Babylon. Build houses and settle down. Plant gardens and eat what they produce. Marry and have sons and daughters. Find wives for your sons and give your daughters in marriage so that they too may have sons and daughters. Increase in number there. Do not decrease. Also, seek the peace and the prosperity of the city to which I have carried you into exile. Pray to the Lord for it. Because if it prospers, you too will prosper. So what Jeremiah is telling here to the, the Israelites in Babylon is this idea of settle down. Now, not in the sense of like, okay, calm down. But I'm sure that there was an anxiousness in their experience. But this idea of settling down as in put down roots. Jeremiah's desire here is to help Israel understand that the Lord has you here for a purpose and for a season. And even if you scroll up to verse 10, you recognize that the Lord says, this isn't forever. This will not last forever. There will be an end to this exile. With good common sense, he argues that they must adjust themselves to the circumstances that God has placed them in. You see, I think Babylon is a picture of the world we live in, in as much as it was a reality back then for the Israelites. And so much like Israel, who had to learn that their purpose was to bring God the glory, that it was being developed in this context, the same goes for us. Jeremiah here is helping them to recognize that their view of, oh no, we can only worship the Lord in Jerusalem, was inaccurate. That what Jeremiah is saying is, you can worship the Lord here. Wherever it is that you are, you have the capacity to worship the Lord because he is with you. His presence is with you, and so thrive and do well in this place. The Lord promises his presence. 
And just as we looked at last week, this idea that we are saved to serve. So the Lord here, through the prophet Jeremiah, is helping Israel to recognize that there is this humility, this posture of serving, of being a part of what is happening here, that the Lord is with them. And even if this feels uncomfortable, this is what he's asking. And I think for many of us, there are moments in our lives where we feel we are in exile. That it is uncomfortable. That we would rather be somewhere else than we are right now. And the Lord says, I am with you. Yes, this will feel uncomfortable. Serving feels uncomfortable because it requires us to give up of our own self, of our own will, and to look towards the interest of others. But God says, I am with you. I am here. And even in those moments where we feel like exiles today in our own culture, that we don't maybe fit in, that we don't feel like this is our home anymore, that we're oppressed or that we're ostracized, the Lord's promise to us is what? That he will never leave us or forsake us. Amen? And in the context of Israel in exile in Babylon, this story, this part of Jeremiah is where we actually begin to understand the context for what I was talking to us about last week. We talked about this idea of what is the second most searched verse in scripture on BibleGateway.com. We learned that it's Jeremiah 29, 11. And so when we read these verses before that, we begin to really understand the context, the culture of why we read what we read in Jeremiah 29, 11. And so let me read that for us this morning, but let me add on verses 12 to 14 to give us even more of a picture. For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. So when you hear this, think back to what we just read and see how it sits and how it sinks in and how it connects. Plans to prosper you, not to harm you. Plans to give you a hope and a future. Then you will call on me and come and pray to me and I will listen to you. You will seek me and find me when you seek me with all your heart. I will be found by you, declares the Lord. And will bring you back from captivity. Back from exile. I will gather you from all the nations and places where I have banished you, declares the Lord. And I will bring you back to the place from which I carried you into exile. And so when we read the scriptures, we read them in context. When we read them in fullness, we begin to truly understand what the Lord is saying. I love Jeremiah 29, 11, but I love it even more when you understand it in the fullness of Jeremiah 29. You see, the desire of the Lord for Israel was for them to prosper in the midst of the trials and the tribulations to seek the welfare of the city where they found themselves. The promise of God is to be present, to never forsake and to uphold his promises. And that character of the Lord is still as true today as it was then to the Israelites in exile. How important is that for us to remember, church, when we seek to live out the calling of God on our lives to remember that these promises are true today. And what the Lord was asking Israel to do, he continues to ask of us. And that brings us to our second point this morning, this idea that our purpose is lived out in our calling. In his book, uh, Saturate, Jeff Vanderstelt shares much of this concept and understanding of how do we live out our calling 
And I wish we had more time this morning to kind of wrestle with that topic and that idea of calling. And maybe one of these FAQ sermon series as we do again, we'll bring that one up because I think it's an important one that we wrestle more with. But he says these words on page 86 of this book, and I have it like circled and highlighted and underlined. And he says this, Jesus doesn't just want your afterlife. He wants your present life. That's good. Jesus doesn't just want your afterlife. He is not just concerned about where you go, though he is. He wants to be with you. He wants to invite you into his presence. But what he desires for us as his children is for us to glorify him and love him and serve him and make him known here and now wherever he has placed you for that purpose. That Jesus wants us to live lives that serve, to put others first, to seek the welfare of the city, to see it thrive, as we read in Jeremiah. And he calls us to share that what God desires of us for the purpose he has for our lives is to make him known. And that happens through a variety of different ways. I don't for a moment, ask that you are the crazy kind of extrovert who just runs through your workplace or through your neighborhood or through your community, or you're just gifted with that gift of evangelism. And so, you know, like John the Baptist, you put on your camel hair coat, you eat your locusts and your honey, and you walk through the neighborhood. Uh, but what Jesus desires of us is the way that he has wired and called us, that he has given you gifts and abilities to understand those and to use those to make him known. Yes, I am the extrovert. My wife, far from it. She is the introvert. She would much rather just be able to be with people in the quiet and presence of our home. I would rather be screaming things from the mountaintop, and that's okay. What we do is out of our calling, out of our gifting, out of who God is and how he has raised us. He says again, I've raised you for this very purpose. What in Exodus 9? That you may show my power and that my name may be proclaimed in all the earth. You see, regardless of our age, regardless of our income, regardless of our personality, regardless of our ethnicity, don't run after the things of this world. Run after Jesus. Seek him. Love him. Serve him. Spend time with him. This idea, as it says in James, come near to God and he will what? Come near to you. This book of James that we've been in has so much good that we can apply to this series and that we will continue to look at in these weeks ahead as Gary joins us back next week and continues us in this series. There's a Calgary pastor and author, his name's John Van Sloten. He wrote this book a few years ago called Every Job is a Parable. And the thesis of this book is whether you're a nurse, whether you're a Walmart greeter, or whether you're an astronaut... Wherever it is and whoever you are, God has a purpose and a plan for your life to live out his goodness in that space. He says this, he says, For those people who believe that the kind of work they do, the talents they have been given, and the things they will accomplish are held in God's hands, and that he has a purpose for it all, even if that purpose is unclear, appears to be falling short, or is seemingly out of reach, and sometimes his purpose or the fullest sense of his purpose, shows up at a later time. He says that God is more present in your workplace than you even recognize. And he invites us to join with him in the work that he is doing in that midst.
Love God. Love others. This commandment we're given throughout the scripture, simple, yes, but profound, powerful. This is how people will know who God is as we love him and as we love them. This morning, we're going to do things a little bit differently in this latter part of our message. And I have a couple of special guests that uh, I'm excited to be able to uh, welcome here this morning. And sadly, they weren't able to be here physically uh, with us, but we are so blessed by the power of technology uh, to be able to have them. Uh, We invited them here uh, a few days ago. We had a great time hanging out with them in the fireside room, um, and we filmed a conversation. It's a couple named Atala and Gladys, and many of you may know them. They uh, were a part of our congregation for a number of years. Back in uh, late 2017, we initiated a campaign uh, to bring them over during kind of the Syrian refugee crisis. Uh, we got to know them through mutual friends here in our church as they were currently uh, in Lebanon. We welcomed them over, and God has been at work in and through their lives in incredible ways over these past few years. And so we wanted to be able to invite them to share with you a little bit more about what is going on and how through the last few years, God has really begun to bring clarity to their purpose. And their new calling that they are about to embark into is absolutely thrilling. And we are so excited to see what God is doing in and through their lives. So I'll invite our media team, if we can put on that video, sit back and enjoy, uh, and I'll be back. Hey, Westview, this morning I'm so excited to welcome Atala and Gladys uh, here with me uh, in our fireside room. For those of you who are new to Westview, uh, or it's been a little while since you've been here in our church, uh, you might, might not be aware of who these two are. So let me tell you a little bit of the backstory. Back in 2017, we initiated a campaign uh, during the Syrian refugee crisis uh, to look into what we could do to be involved, and we were quickly connected with them uh, through mutual friends that we had who were attending here at Westview, uh, who knew them uh, from their time in Lebanon. And so they arrived October 31st, Uh, 2018 here into Calgary, and they've been connected to our church uh, ever since. And so in recent months, God has been doing some really amazing things in and through their lives, and we wanted to be able to give them a chance to share with you this morning uh, a bit of a life update so that you can get to know a little bit about what is happening, Um, and as well for them to share what we are doing this morning is looking at how do we live out our purpose. How do we live out God's purpose for our lives kind of in the everyday stuff of life? And I know their story, and I'm so excited uh, for them to be able to share that with us this morning. So welcome you two. It's so good uh, to have you here. Uh, So share with us this morning a little bit of a life update as to what's going on personally for you uh, with life and family. I I mean, there's little ones here. So share with us this morning a little bit about what is going on in your family life. Yeah, so after arriving... Uh, we doubled. We were two. Now we are four. We have we have two boys, Iad and Joseph. And um, yes, we are part of the Westview mm-hmm. Church, and we love that. We loved that before, and um, Westview means a lot to us. Mm-hmm. It, it, Support it's... the families, the friendships here. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, it's amazing to see. Um, 
obviously one of your kids the other one is just around the corner here playing and it's just amazing to see what god is doing in in growing your family and and what he is doing is just uh, an incredible blessing and you two uh, as you said gladys are an incredible blessing and an incredible part of our life here um so share with us this morning you've got some big news uh some big life updates as to what is going on so share with us this morning a little bit about what those big items are yeah thank you tyler we are so uh, pleased and happy to be sharing with you uh, the news and everything happening in our life uh, since we came we have been uh, helping in one of the salvation army churches uh, in the southwest area um, we were part of the leadership team and we helped them preaching teaching and planning for the events and everything and uh, after COVID hit uh, the the core officer there uh, connie she like we were looking for different types of job and she came and said why you don't become an officer mm. officers we didn't know the meaning of that salvation <laughs> army is new for us right. back home we don't have the salvation army we didn't know the meaning of that so we said okay what does that mean and she explained it means like pastor mm-hmm. she, so we said we don't know like let's figure out this journey and we see what will happen we know, we don't know like if um, it will be suitable for us what's um if this is something we can do like because different cultures it's hard and all of that she said let's go with this let's figure it out and mm-hmm. we see um and since 2019 we have been in a journey to discover more about the officership about uh, being officers with the salvation army um it was easy for us to fit with the theology with the type of ministry they do and also with the gifts and the background we came with from lebanon and syria so we felt like every piece is like the whole picture is coming together mm-hmm. at the at the time was good for us also after having two boys and awesome so we will start soon next august that's amazing and, and i think what's incredible to learn from you two is that you're you're serving together and i think that's such an incredible experience to be able to be a part of something together that god has been working in in both of your lives so uh, gladys maybe share a bit of your journey in this role now working with the salvation army and what specifically will you be doing with them uh first of all we will start training journey with mm-hmm. them to know more about them about the church about the congregation and we might be doing something with newcomers with family around us moms groups um i'm so excited mm-hmm. i have experience like uh, i brought my experience with me mm-hmm. and i want to use those talents and gifts that god gave me mm-hmm. um, and awesome. i'm so happy also that my husband and i will be sharing the same journey because also we can share the kids time the family time mm-hmm. we can flip right <laughs> yes it's not easy with kids no absolutely you know <laughs> ministry is not always easy when you have a family yeah. involved but it's a blessing so Atala, yeah. what will you be doing specifically then with uh, the salvation army so right now we will be cadets with them so mm-hmm. we will be doing a field-based uh, tailored training because okay. we have a theology degrees back home right from lebanon so uh, they consider this as the theological part but still we need the like the practical the context about the canadian society and all of that okay so we will be helping in the brookshire church right to the northwest here uh close to church like i think 15 minutes 15 minutes from our home mm-hmm. and we will be assisting the officers there okay so for two years we do studies and also we do the training there like the practicum uh, 
We don't know after that. Okay. Um, part of the Salvation Army officership is uh, uh, like always moving. Mm -hmm. So today Great. you are in Calgary. Next <laughs> two or three years from now you change the place. You don't know where you are. Okay. Uh, we hope we, st we stay in Calgary. Right. We hope to stay in Brookshire. Um, we know about the community. We went there. Um, it's more people like like us, mm -hmm. newcomers, people from different backgrounds. Uh, they share the same uh, struggles here in Canada. They share the same experiences, uh, which is something we wanted to do from the beginning. That's amazing. And, and I think, as you said, you've you've experienced what it means to be new, what it means to, to enter into a new culture and context. Um, and so for you to be able to use those gifts to bless others, I think is absolutely fantastic. So this morning, as I said, we're sharing about how do we live out this calling? How do we understand God's purpose for our lives and what does that look like? So how in these last few years as you've arrived in Canada Created these incredible kids and amazing family. How have you discerned God's will and purpose for your life? And and how are you living that out in the everyday stuff of life these days? Okay, I, I'll share from my side. Yes, absolutely. So back home uh, in 2009, I wanted to study theology. I wanted to be helping a church. I love the church. I love, I love the idea of being working in God's kingdom from mm -hmm. the beginning. Mm -hmm. And when I studied theology, all my dreams were to go back home. I didn't want to travel. I didn't like the idea of traveling. I just wanted to go back home, and that's it. Uh, when we came to Canada, I was looking for Christian ministry to be working with. I started with Hope Mission in uh, mm -hmm. Forest Lawn area. Um, but I wasn't using my gifts, like the gifts that I, I am talented with, what mm -hmm. I can do, what I can help with. Um, and then because of covid of course uh, this changed everything like we started back from zero here in calgary when we wow. came not not zero because the church were a, a huge uh, help for us mm. but we somehow built our life from zero again we had to learn everything and then covid hit a new reality a new life and then we had to rebuild it again after covid so after covid both of us were thinking what we can do mm -hmm. like now we are we have one boy now we want to have a second one. So what what we can have, what we can do here in Calgary? I worked at Costco. I worked at Dollarama. Wow. I was looking for everyone, right. everywhere to just meet the needs of our family. Wow. Uh, and some like I reached a point where I said, okay, I'm going to do IT because this is something I like. This is something I'm good at. And I will be volunteering with the Salvation Army Corps and helping that. Okay. So. We didn't plan for this, you know what I mean? <laughs> like, suddenly, everything come like, oh, no, you are talented. You have this, the spiritual gifts for this role. Why you don't explore it further? Okay. And That's amazing. So, yeah, at this point, it was like I'm questioning more than I trust where God is leading me. So at that point, I was saying, I'm sure God didn't want me to be working at Costco. It's not it's not something I, I, I want to do. It's not something mm -hmm. I'm trained to do. So... I felt like I can't, I can't do something more or something else. Right. That's, that's the, the, the idea behind it. And I think that's amazing to hear that, again, you, you sense this passion. You, you, you know this gifting. And, and you seek to be able to live that out where what you do now, I, I think you would agree, just 
fills you with joy. And, and, and it's not just a job, although God will meet us and use us wherever we are at. And we were talking about that this morning, that regardless of what we do, God is at work in that midst. And I think it's amazing for you to be able to discern that and even that feeling of starting back at zero, in a sense, and, and now trusting God that he brought you here. He had a plan and purpose for your life. And it may not have looked what it initially was when you got here, but now you see the fruit of that faithfulness of his goodness and to be seeing you both now having this opportunity to serve in ministry together with the Salvation Army. I think we'd all agree that it's just absolutely incredible um, and it's been an incredible blessing to have had you with us over these years and to have had you a part of our church. And for now us this morning to hear these stories from you uh, is just absolutely fantastic. So I'll, I'll invite Gladys back. She's wrangling the kids in the background here. If you hear all this noise, this is family life church. This is the reality of having kids and doing life. And, and that's all good. We've got some, some fun colored balls here. It's all fun. But um, thank you for both of you for being a part of this this morning thank you for sharing this journey uh that god has had you on and thank you for blessing us over these years with your presence for serving here uh and for inviting us into your lives um as we've kind of invited you into ours um and it's just an incredible testimony to the goodness of god uh and so thank you for coming this morning uh and sharing with us um can i pray for you uh as we go um yeah, no, absolutely. Yeah. Um, I don't know if people still remember back when, when the church uh, hosted a baby shower for Iyad. Mm-hmm. I shared with the church at that point that I don't know how we are going to pay back for the church. <laughs> but I said, I'm sure we won't be able to do it. <laughs> but what we will do is paying forward. Mm. This is what Glenn also Amazing. encouraged us to do. Go pay it forward. So now we hope in our new ministry with people from different backgrounds, from different cultures, that we will be Westview for them. Amazing. So now when we help people, we know that this is what they are struggling with. I always tell them, this is what happened to me when I came to Canada. Wow. I have people doing this for me, taking me for grocery, taking me to do this or that, mm-hmm. helping me with driving. Yeah. Yeah. So. That's amazing. There is no way to thank the church. So it's. Mm. Saying thank you is not enough, but mm. we hope that you see the fruits of your ministry, of your love for us, for our family. And Amazing. someday, we don't know how we will be, like, helping with the church and doing mm. something for the community here. Too. Amazing. You two are an absolute blessing. Your, your, your kids are incredible, and it's just an absolute joy uh, to be a part of your lives and to have you come here and share. So, uh, church, let me pray for them. Uh, Lord, thank you. Uh, for Atala, for Gladys, for their boys, for the blessing of this family. Lord, how you have proven faithful time and time again. Lord, we thank you for your goodness, for your protection, your blessing. Uh, Lord, we just pray as they enter into this new ministry season, Lord, as they serve with the Salvation Army, Lord, that you will do even greater things in and through them, in the neighborhood that you have called them, in the ministry placements where you will lead them. Lord, their desire is to make much of you, Jesus, to share your love and your goodness to all that come across their paths. Lord, thank you for how they are living out your purpose, how they are loving and serving and being the hands and feet of Jesus. And we just pray your immense blessing over their lives in Jesus' name. Amen. Church, thank you so much. Atala Gladys, thank you so much for coming and being a part of this this morning. Uh, Thanks, Westview, uh, for being a part of this. We just are so thankful to have been blessed by you. Uh, And so we'll turn it back over now. Thanks.
absolute blessing uh, to sit with them and to hear their life updates and to uh, see how God has been at work in the midst of their lives, to hear uh, how they have had to trust the Lord, uh, to have had this plan of, of coming over here as we invited them to be a part of our church, as we sponsored their arrival, and everything began to go well, and then COVID, and then nothing, and then working wherever they could find an opportunity to work, and then God continues to prove faithful that you as a church continue to love and serve and bless and live sacrificially uh, the hope of the good news of the gospel into them that they would know that they have a purpose and a plan that we are a part of that, and it was just such a joy, and they so wish they could be here together. Atala is preaching this morning at the church that they will be at, uh, and so they just send you their greetings, and it was just an absolute blessing uh, to have been able to hear from them. And so uh, we just knew that by the power of technology to be able to film that, to be able to experience that. And so uh, if you want to connect further with them, we had given you the opportunity to write cards and to, to say thank you. And if you did bring those this morning, or if you want to uh, send emails for those of you on our live stream or any of you here, uh, we can still collect those. We want to be able to give those to them uh, just as a tangible sign of thanksgiving of how much we have been blessed by them. Uh, they will forever uh, feel Westview as a key part of their journey of faith and of their church family. Uh, and it was just, again, an absolute thrill uh, to spend a few moments with them and their family and their kids as they were just running around. And it was just, it was beautiful. It was absolutely beautiful. So pray for them. Pray for them in this season of their lives. And so let me uh, bring this to a close and let me read from these words that Paul writes to the church in Ephesus. Chapter 2, verse 10, he says, For we are God's handiwork, created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. What a fitting reminder for all of us who are here this morning that we are saved to serve, that God does have this incredible plan for our lives wherever it is that we are. In whatever it is that we are doing, God is present, and he invites us to join with him in that work that he is already doing. Whether we're a Walmart greeter, whether we're a nurse, whether we're an astronaut or anything in between, God is present by the power of his Holy Spirit and he invites you into the work of loving others as we love God. That he first demonstrated his great love to us in giving us his son. And so we live out that love in our communities, in our families, in our places of work, of our context lay in with these words here. Jesus didn't come to earth, take on human flesh, live among people as the servant of all, suffer and die so that we could just go to church for a couple of hours a week. No, he wants it all. He wants all of our lives all of the time. He wants to fill every place with his presence through his people. He wants every person in every place doing everything to glorify God. That, I believe, church, is the purpose he has for each one of us this morning. To glorify him. To make his name big and famous. To make his renown the desire of our heart. To love him and to love others. Let me pray. Jesus, we thank you for this morning. For the work that you have begun, that you will continue to do, and that you will see brought to completion. Thank you, Jesus, for who you are, for your great love for us. 
And I pray, Father, wherever we are at in this journey of faith, wherever we are at in life right now, that you are present with us by the power of the Holy Spirit. And may we hold fast to that. Maybe recognize that your promises never leave us nor forsake us, that you love us so much. And so, Lord, I thank you for who you are. Thank you for Attila and Gladys. Thank you for their incredible boys. Thank you for their family. Thank you for how you have been at work in and through them. And, Lord, I thank you for inviting us into their lives. And, Lord, we rejoice in how you have provided and the good plan and purpose you have for them. And so I pray for them in this season of life, of ministry, as they serve your church, as they serve in the Salvation Army, Lord, that you will do even greater things in and through them in these days, weeks, years to come. Lord, thank you. We pray all of this in the powerful name of Jesus. Amen.